All right. I think the weekend is almost here. What do you think? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. But we can't start the weekend until we ask the preacher. It's your chance to have Bible questions answered. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Believer's Fellowship brings you Ask the Preacher. Here's John Freed. Hey, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us this uh, Friday evening. I hope you've had a great day. You're uh, likely headed home, probably uh, somewhere on I-4 or somewhere else in town in the very, very now slow traffic in in Lakeland. Uh, Yeah, it hasn't really gotten better over the years. But anyway, so I hope that you are in bumper-to-bumper traffic going very slow for the next hour so that you can can enjoy this program here. No, not really. But I do hope you enjoy the program. Welcome to the Ask the Preacher show. And uh, welcome, Jonathan Alagato. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, and so uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, George is often here, but he is not here today. So, uh, Jonathan, you you come. You've actually been in here a whole, whole, whole lot. Yeah. So uh, it's good good to have you. It's fun in here. Um, so, folks, there's uh, there's always good stuff to to talk about, and there's always stuff that's happening uh, in in society. And from time to time, we we will talk about those types of things. I I like to dig into all of those all of those types of things. But um, really today, what, I, what I'd like to do is really just look at the Word of God um, and, and what the Word of God is to our life, uh, what it is to our mind, what it is to our flesh, uh, what it is to our uh, instruction and to our help. And so if you have your Bibles this evening or this afternoon, or maybe if you're driving, uh, you just listen. But uh, So I do not advise you to break out your cell phone and open the Bible app and turn to it while you're driving down the road. Um, anyway, but we'll look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Um, all of these Proverbs are instructions from a mother to her son, and this son is Solomon. So this is Solomon's mm. mother giving him instruction. And in Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 20, she says, My son, attend to my words, and incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Um, one thing that we always understand from Scripture is that it is God speaking to us, so to speak, in, in written words. So even though this is Solomon's mother talking to her. The understanding is these are this is this is God's word, and God yeah. is saying to us, um, "Incline your ear under the sayings of of God. Attend to my words." So that that word "attend" means more than just showing up. It it's really is to pay attention. So you know, if you if you attended school, Jonathan, you attended school. Uh, did you pay attention in school? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's not just being there. Uh, so like, for instance, if we were to relate it to church, it's not just oh, yeah. going to church and then you show up on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever your church meets, um, but paying attention. And so this is what this is saying. Pay attention to my words and let, let you, let your ear and your, not just your outer ear, not just your physical ear, but your spiritual ear and, and even your mental ear. Let your ear really grab a hold to the sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in front of you, right in the middle of your heart, uh, because they're life and they are health. And yes. uh, and you can underscore the understanding here. This health, and it says it right in the in the scripture: health to all your flesh. 
And so, um, you know, a lot of times people run around, spend a lot of money, a lot of time and effort uh, to, to let their flesh, to let their body become healthy. They take medicine, go to the doctors and get advice, all sorts of health advice. You see hospitals and doctor's office popping up all over the city, all over the nation. Um, and then, But the reality is real health was right here in the scriptures all along. Real health was right there. So my son, attend to my words. Why? Because it's health. To all our flesh. We yeah. have a caller and probably only have a couple minutes in, until we got to take a break. Uh, welcome uh, to the Ask the Preacher show. Thank Hello. you very much. I, the, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. So uh, they, Eric uh, told me this is Saga. Hey, Saga. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Are you in Tallahassee? No, I just got back late last night, but I wanted to fill you all in. Okay. Um, give you a few, a few little tidbits from Tallahassee. Um, because I was up there with the Women of Faith Forum. Yeah. And, yeah, I know it was great. So they had a small um, breakfast reception with Casey DeSantis, and then they had a really amazing forum with the chief of staff, with several uh, different very prominent people there Mm -hmm. to talk about what is going on in Tallahassee. And I have to tell you, what really impressed me is how much our governor, our first lady, and the top people there rely on God. Mm. And how nice. much nice to hear. They, yes, they pray and really, really appreciate prayers. And of course, how much they're under attack. Yeah. It's and, and what the state of Florida is doing that is absolutely amazing. Ryan Newman, who is the govern, governor's general counsel, the attorney, he was telling us, and this is because, you know, Florida is, Florida is leading the way in a lot of things. Mm, sure. And it's interesting because people may not know this or not, but we have been, like when we did the... Um, the thing about uh, against the um, transgender. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the law is neutral. So in school, we got, we got about 45 seconds saga till we have to go to a break. Okay. Okay. So on our law that, that says no instruction on gender or sexuality, Mm -hmm. did you know that the state was sued for that and we won? Oh, the state won. I knew it was challenged. I did not know that the state won. Wow. Twice. Wow twice. So there's a lot of other things that are really, really good that are happening. And, but I just wanted to pop in and at least say that keep, keep our, our governor and everybody up there in your prayers. And they really, really appreciate it. And these are very, it's a very, very godly legislation up there, which is really nice to see. I just, I, I learned a lot and I met a lot of people and it was just fabulous. That's awesome. You know, you bring up a good point. Anybody who stands for righteousness is going to suffer persecution. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that everybody who stands up for what is right is righteous themselves. But when Correct. anybody stands up for what is right, you're going to suffer persecution. Yeah, I, I love the fact that uh, Governor Ron DeSantis stands up for a lot of good stuff and very bold and very strong. Uh, folks, we, we are at this first break time. Uh, we thank you for listening. Hang in there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in about two and a half minutes with more Ask the Preacher. 
Now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church in North Lakeland. Here's Jonathan and John. Yeah, welcome. That works. Praise <laughs> God. Welcome back, guys. Yeah. Um, so right before we went on to the break, we had uh, Saga Stevens call in, who was just up in, in Tallahassee visiting uh, with a group of, of ladies primarily, and there, there were some other pastors there ahead of time of that, just like the day before, but uh, women of faith group up there that met with um, Casey DeSantis, the governor's wife, mm-hmm. and then uh, much discussion about uh, some faith initiatives and things that affect the, uh, the faith communities. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I find uh, encouraging, I suppose— uplifting, exciting, whatever, is that uh, the recognition, there is a recognition from many of our uh, governmental leaders, whether they be local, uh, whether they be state, or whether they be national, there's a recognition from many of them that this nation and its communities uh, were founded on biblical principles, biblical morality, our laws and our, our ideals here in this nation. Uh, it's all founded on biblical principle, and so it is a it is a fight to uphold those things nowadays. But we knew that the Scripture says we'd fight the good fight of faith. Um, in this world, you will have trouble. I already said it before we went to the break that if anybody, whether they be a, a Christian or uh, a born again person, uh, whether they claim to be or not, if they stand up for anything that is righteous, anything that is a biblical principle, they're right. gonna get it in the neck. Right. The thing, one of the main things I think they attack um, when you were talking about this is it's families. A strong, yeah. a strong nuclear family is the heartbeat of any nation. Yeah. And if I can yeah. divide the children from the from the family. If I can divide moms and dads, Correct. if I can divide the children from the family, I get the next generation. Right. If I take I'll away just the bring children. division and, and I'll piece them out and, I, and I'll play this one like this and use this one to distract this one. Because when there's strong families, there is no, there's no need for big government. There's no need for all these things that, that they virtue signal and they say, well, you're a victim, you, you need us, we'll, we'll help you. But yet it's bondage, you know, covered up with glitter. So... I, you know, I, I'm sure, and one of the main proponents uh, of Ron DeSantis is a strong nuclear, is a strong family. Yeah, in America. Well, it's, family. it's one of the things that he says, where he says woke goes to Florida to die, mm-hmm. and the woke movement is the greatest threat to faith and family that there is, because what it does, it reduces all relationships to oppressors and oppressed. Mm. And it's totally divided from reality, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to force their ideology into our lives. And the roots in critical theory, which has roots into the Marxist theory, right. started in the 30s. Yeah. So critical theory came about basically to prove Marxism and the need to take over all the cultural systems. And right now their main focus is to destroy the family, male-female relations, any of that. And it's even to the point where now they are saying that couples who have babies are oppressed. They are oppressing the babies. Yeah. Well, you, you heard, so you heard that language fight. come out uh, actually back when Obama was in, was in office, and he was making some statements concerning the idea uh, if, about one of, her, one of his daughters, uh, not that they got pregnant. I'm not, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. 
It was right. a discussion, and they were used as an example. Um, what if your daughters became pregnant? Or uh, I believe he even said it that way. Like if my if one of my daughters became pregnant, I wouldn't want them to experience the burden of having a child. Right. And so when you start speaking that way, what it begins to say, it's anti-Christ, it's anti-God, it's anti-Bible, because the Bible tells us that children are a blessing. And so when we start using the language to say having a child is a burden, yeah. uh, we, we, we start diminishing the belief and the acceptance of scriptural principle. And that's just one yeah. area. But anytime you begin to do that, it begins to spread out into other areas. Children are not a burden. Children are a blessing. Um, Is there responsibility that comes with having a child? Absolutely, there's responsibility. But that responsibility is a blessing. It's an honor to have children. And so we have, um, I shouldn't say we... if people stopped having children, there wouldn't be a world. Well, and and I'll get real um, down and, and gritty with it here. That is the one reason why we can we can just clearly know that homosexuality is of not the devil. God-given. It's not God given because if everyone were a homosexual, it would be the end of the human race. Not immediately, right. but in but in short period of time. Uh, and the homosexual and the agenda I, is is to yeah. make homosexual accepted. You, you know, they would say things like, "Well, not everybody has to be homosexual, but you have to accept it." Um, well, the reality is, it's a slippery creek bank, and so right. it, um, if if they had their way, everybody would be, and then you wouldn't have any more children. Go ahead, Saga. Well, that's why there's such a push. And if you think about it, and if you think about what DeSantis is doing. He is so incredibly pro-family, and it was up there. It was like, we need to have more babies, more babies, more babies. I mean, think about it. He is doing permanent tax uh, cuts on baby Baby items. formula and diapers. Baby formula, diapers, all that. Very, very, very pro-family. And speaking of which, I'll have you know, the heartbeat bill will pass. Oh, it will pass and it will get signed and it will have the exception of rape, incest and uh, if the mother is in in harm's way. Well, we we won't we won't get down into the nitty gritties of the of the exceptions. I'm not always a fan of some of those exceptions, but uh, and we don't. But have, it's a step ahead. It is a step, and, and that's what it's I'd like to emphasize is. Um, yeah. It is a step. You know, you th- you throw a party and we celebrate, but it's it's in one sense it's only like moving the ball from uh, one thirty yard line, crossing the fifty, you made it to the other thirty yard line. The game ain't over, and we ain't even scored a touchdown yet. So the right. game, so to speak, the game. But we've uh, got momentum. Yeah, there right. is there is and that's the other thing that when I was up the there, what the legislators really, really want you to know, because there's a lot of attack from within the conservative movement. Also, it's like, look, it took decades to get the laws where they are. Mm-hmm. They're not going to turn around in one session or one term. It's baby steps. We have to celebrate every win we get and encourage our legislators and pray for them because they're under attack, not only from outside. But yeah. also from inside because of this, well, this and I is, don't think people understand that. Right, not 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 at all. Um, most of the church world has been conditioned that politics should stay out of the church and the church should stay out of politics. Uh, that's an extreme error, um, right. and the the church should be in every area of life and politics. There are two things. There are two things that touch every person's life in some way or the other. 
One is the church and the other is politics. You say, well, politics doesn't interfere with my life. Oh, oh, really? So taxes and decisions and laws and rules, they don't, they don't touch your life? So the reason why those two things touch everybody's life is because both of them, so to speak, if I just say it this way, both of them issue law. Uh, the, the scripture issues the way in which we should live. Mm. And politics uh, in, impacts government, which ends up telling us how we are allowed to live in our societies. Uh, I know that's it, it's well, sticky, Paul, but Paul those, those you can't run said, the red light. You can't, yeah. you know, all those all the laws that we have to protect us. Um, but the spiritual laws from God, those are it's spiritual laws. It's kind of like the natural laws, law of gravity. You cannot believe in the law of gravity, but if you jump off that mountain, you are going to fall and go flat. <laughs> yeah, unless so you, you got wings like a bird. Spiritual, yeah, you cannot believe in spiritual laws. They are true. That is truth. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and that's what this. they're trying to get people to, our kids are, speaking of which, you know, the bill for the um, vouchers, we were up there in a fight for that also to make yeah, sure that. How, how's that going? We got about really, uh, really 60 well. seconds. It's excellent. Excellent. We are, it was our last meeting was with the um, chair of the committee about that. And what they put in there that is that the private schools and homeschoolers can choose any and any means any, because we were trying to get them to put in a religious exemption. He's like, no, any means any. That means there is no limit. Any means any. If we put a religious exemption in there, you're going to be under attack. Yeah. This way, any means any. Well, I, so I just want to uh, mention to any any um, Christian school administrators, principals, maybe you're a pastor of a church, you're listening today, and you have a, a, a school or a daycare or something like that uh, in your church. Maybe you teach at one. Maybe you're a janitor at one. Maybe you bring your kids to a Christian school uh, or homeschool or, or something to that effect. I just want to tell you now ahead of time, it's only a matter of time until the government greatly interferes with what you are doing. And if you will decide to be bold and courageous and stick with God's word now, when that comes, it won't be a question to you. It it will come. It's only a matter of time. Folks, uh, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. It's a beautiful Friday. Saga, thank you for calling in. Uh, We are at the bottom of the hour, and we have to take that long break. So don't go anywhere. Come back in about seven and a half minutes and uh, finish the program with us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a few minutes. And the second half of Ask the Preacher kicks off right now. Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John Free. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're listening today. Hope you're having a uh, a fantastic Friday evening, afternoon, whatever this is. Is it evening yet? 5.30? Is that evening? I don't know when evening. It is evening. 6 o'clock is evening. 6 p.m. is when evening officially starts, but it's close enough. It's close enough. All right. Well, we are we are your uh, lead-in to evening, so uh, maybe when we close, we'll tell you good evening. Um, you know, considering our conversation at the beginning part of the uh, program, I, I, I want to look at something in the Scriptures out of Matthew chapter 4. Um, we were in—where uh, were we? Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4 uh, earlier, talking about uh, attending to the Word of God because it's health to our, our flesh, Proverbs 4, 20, uh, but uh, I, Saga called in, and she was just telling us about some things in a meeting up there in Tallahassee, the governor's wife and, and a lot of other ladies. Uh, I don't know, maybe 50 other ladies or something to that effect. And um, 
And then we we talked about biblical morality in society or the or the lack thereof. And one of the things, Jonathan, that that concerns me with our nation is um, our testing of God. Um, part of this is to the—I'll I'll say it this way, it's to the fault of the church, uh, the Church of America, because part of our messaging had become so—at um, at the beginning, we were so judgmental. America's uh, Christian church was so very judgmental. And then, right, and we had to compensate. Yeah, and then to bring it, so to speak, back in the balance, we— we moved beyond the balance point and moved over into overcompensation. Um, so then our messaging became so so light uh, loose. and loose, not not having any consequence for sin. And the scripture is outrageously clear that the wages or the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So um, the the last part of that verse, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, absolutely true. But so is the first part, the wages of sin, sin is death. death. And so what uh, I was in a discussion with a, a pastor of another church minister um, a couple days ago, and and I said, well, I, I can't give everything about the conversation. I said, but but the problem is, if we make our churches, if we make our services, if we make the standard in which we preach to people uh, and, and the standard in which we hold to people to, to live by, um, if we make the church so accepting to the world, what we end up having is worldly people coming to church for years and years and years, never having a life change, thinking that everything is good because we've told the brain everything should be accepted, but the heart doesn't agree with right. it. The Word of God doesn't agree with it, but we end up training people, and I'm going to use this term on purpose, to sear their conscience. We've trained people many times over to um, refuse to allow themselves to feel bad about their actions. Well, folks, let me be real clear. If our actions are not in line with the Scriptures, we should feel bad Amen. I was just gonna about say, our actions. When I got born again, before, before, you know— doctrine before teaching before all this stuff when, when I, I would get convicted when, when I was a baby Christian you know and I would go to do something that I used to do regularly with no connotation with no you know no feeling bad nothing. no conviction it yeah. convicted my heart that's healthy oh, okay. yeah oh so that's you had, healthy you had no instruction to say that this is bad but some reason you but still God's felt, law it was, was written, written on, on my heart, heart. Right, yeah. and that's a good thing. And and one thing you were talking about earlier, the wages of sin is death. When I think about death, what is death essentially? If if God is the giver of life and the wages of sin is separation from God, that's what death is. Death to to be to, to be, be removed separated. from the life giver. Yeah, and that's like you were talking about, that's where, you know, our our country is on the verge of testing God. Yeah, so I wanted to come over to Matthew chapter 4 because when I when I thought about our country just a moment ago, when I thought about our our nation and people in general testing God, um I was reminded of what Jesus said when he was in the the wilderness uh after being um baptized, after the spirit of God coming upon him, the Spirit of the Lord brings him into the wilderness to where he is to be tempted of the devil. So we'll just read this here, and we'll talk about it, and I'm sure we'll hit the break, and then we'll come back and talk about it some more. But Matthew chapter 4, 
um, in, in beginning in verse 1, it says, uh, Then Jesus was, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted of the devil. And when he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And when the tempter came, and that's how the King James says it, when the tempter came, that is the devil, that is Satan. So when the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made into bread. Now, obviously, the first temptation was was after uh, the, the, the desires of Jesus' flesh at that time. He had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, so he was now hungry. So the first temptation is after the flesh, and the tempter says, make these stones into bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Interesting here. This actually connects mm. to what we started to talk about at the very beginning, and then we got the call. That's um, right. And we diverted into this conversation, but this actually connects over here to let us know that our life does not come from food. Our life comes, and you said it a moment ago, from God. So what is death? Separation from the life giver, separation from God. Well, then what is life? Unity with right. the life giver. In the vine. Coming, uh, if you abide in, in the vine, if I, I abide in you, if you abide in me and I abide in you, yeah, that's the life My that, words that abide in you. Praise God. And so... Jesus replies to Satan after saying, hey, why don't you make these stones into bread? Um, you shall not, man shall not live. Or you could say it this way, man doesn't live by eating natural bread. Man really lives by right. what God says, by the word of God, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we could look at that and say it's the proceeding and the living word of God, the, the words in which God speaks to us. So then the devil takes him up to the holy city. And he sets him up high on the pinnacle of the temple. If you looked at this in like modern day, you might say that uh, that that Satan. Uh, by the way, well, let me finish that thought. So Satan, the devil, takes Jesus now up on top of the steeple of, of the church building, right? So I, I want you to notice that in verse three it calls him the tempter, but in verse five it calls him the devil. So we know who we're talking about here. This is not different people. Um, takes him up to the to the holy city and sets him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he says to Jesus, the devil says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, mm-hmm. same challenge here, then throw yourself down, for isn't it written that God gives his angels over uh, charge over you, and if they're, uh, they would bear you up with their hands, and that you would not at any time even dash your foot upon a stone. And Jesus replies back to the tempter, to Satan, to the devil. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. We'll talk more about this but uh, in in a minute here, but I want to just emphasize this. That's what we've done in our nation so many times. We say, well... Isn't it true that all of the of the curses of sin have been placed upon Jesus? Well, then I can just go ahead and do these things because the judgment against sin was placed upon Jesus. What the answer back from people should have been, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't, yeah. don't stretch him out as, as if to see when you can make him angry at you. Oh, he's already been angry. He took out his wrath upon Jesus. Let's find out how much we can do until that's what the homosexual community has has done. They they parade around with pride. Well, first of all, 
forget about the rainbow for a second. Pride comes before the fall, a yes. Holy Spirit before destruction. Yes. And they, and they call it, you know, uh, gay, gay pride or whatever. Um, so, but then what they've, what they've literally done uh, in taking the rainbow is to look at God and say, Aha, you made a promise that you would never destroy the earth again, and you so put a rainbow in the sky. So we're going to do it and right in your face because you can't do anything about it. Jesus was smart enough to say, I know what the Scripture says, and and devil, you're you're taking the scriptures and perverting them. You're twisting them. And he didn't go into all that. He just simply said, "No, the Bible also says it is written, don't tempt God." Yeah. And I ain't gonna do it. We'll talk yeah. more about it when we come back from this break. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Two and a half minutes or so. We'll be right back for the final segment of today's program. We appreciate you listening. Hang in there. We'll be back. And now back to Ask the Preacher, your weekly chance to have Bible questions answered, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's Jonathan and John. Yeah, and you know, we're actually both Jonathans. Everybody always just calls me John, Eric, but I'm actually a Jonathan. Yeah, both of us. Here's Jonathan and Jonathan. Don't mix them up. Yeah, don't mix them up. Yeah, which one are you talking about? Yeah, sorry to be so technical. Um, Hey, I want to pick back up in Matthew chapter 4. Did you have something you were about to say? Uh, I just, you know, these three temptations. Um, well, we haven't got the third one yet. Well, I think about the the desire for for spiritual things in every human's life. That's why Jesus said, you know, man should not live by bread alone. Why? Because every person desires something greater than simply physical. Every attempt. To, to get more of something is for the deeper part of me. It's not just a physical satisfaction. That physical satisfaction translates into something within me. And that's why we see, you know, our nation in such peril is because this generation is looking for something. Well, you're, you're hitting on the third part, which we haven't got to yet. Right, right there, what you just said, um, what, we're, what we're looking for. So let's back up to the second part here in, in verse... Uh, verse 7, this is the response of Jesus, uh, and he says, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. So so the devil, the tempter, um, says to Jesus that uh, just throw yourself down, doesn't the scripture say that the angels will protect you? Um, so I, I, I use that in the principle of simply saying, well, doesn't the Bible say that all of our sins are, are, are forgiven? And, and people will say things, well, see if our sins are already forgiven. I literally heard somebody say that the other day. I know I'm talking fast. I'm trying to get all this in before the end of the hour. Uh, literally, somebody said that to me the other day when, when I was down in front of the abortion clinic uh, holding a sign and, and, and praying, and, and I got into a conversation uh, with, with one of the ladies that is a, uh, what I call a pro-abort. In other words, they are mm-hmm. for abortion. And um, anyway, so they said, well, since Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, wouldn't it be proper that I sin so that his death isn't meaningless? And I'm thinking— Romans. Oh, my— six. Yeah, Romans Romans 6, 1, one. says that— Right after the scriptures in, in, in Romans 5 says that grace abounds where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And then he goes in the very next verse, Romans 6, 1. What shall, what we, shall say we say then? Shall, shall we continue in sin, sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. 
Um, so in other words, God says no to that. That's right. <laughs> Just make it real simple here. So um, anyway, so, you know, well, well, if we don't sin, then it isn't, isn't the death of, of Jesus Christ, um, you, you know, wasted because we didn't sin? No, no, no. We have all already sinned, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory born of that God. Way. We were born that way. We were born into that nature. So we needed the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't, I don't want to get down that line too much farther. Um, but the under, but what, what is that? That is what that, what that young lady was doing unknowingly is, uh, first of all, she's twisting the scriptures. She probably knows that. Uh, and I had further conversation, and I hope I have many more conversations with the young lady. Um, anyway, but if we're not careful, you end up tempting God with that way of thinking. And Jesus plainly said, it is written, don't tempt God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to move on into verse 8. So this is the third temptation from the devil to Jesus. And it says, and again, the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And the devil says to Jesus, oh, I lost my place. Oh, he says to Jesus, all of these things will I give you if you will just fall down and worship me. And Jesus replies, get behind me. Yeah. Satan. Okay, so now he's referred to as the tempter, he's referred to as the devil, and he's referred to as Satan. So that's how we know that these three things, they're they're all one, not three different people. They're they're Satan, they're the devil, the tempter. Um, The devil is the tempter. The scripture uh, is very clear. God does not tempt men with evil. God will never tempt you with what is wrong, Um, but Satan does. Okay, so Jesus says to Satan, get behind me, Satan. It is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. Now, yes. George and I, in, on this uh, last week and a little bit even the week before, we're talking um, about a variety of things, but one of the things that came up was, are there other gods? Yes, there are. It is not true to say that God is the only God. Now, he's the only big G God. Right, right. He's, he's the, the only, only one we should God. serve. He's the living God. Um, it is possible to worship other gods, and that is what we have done in America. We've begun to You've worship made them gods, other gods unto themselves. We have we have worshipped other gods, ex- wanting and desiring the benefit that comes when we worship the big G God, when we worship the Creator God, without the the the. The responsibility <laughs> to walk according to His Word. I want my cake, and I want to eat it too. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to do it God's way. I just want God's benefit. Let me sin in peace. Yeah, and that's that's what we've done so much in our nations, and it's really the church's fault. Um, listen, we, we're supposed to come out from among them. We're supposed to separate. We're supposed to be different. That doesn't mean we go into. Um, uh, like the monks do, and that kind of thing. No, we're supposed to live differently. Our standard is the Word of God, and we're supposed to uphold truth. And so if when you uphold truth, you're going to get it in the neck. Yep. If you try to live your life in a way that you're accepted by everyone, it's going to be problematic. Be accepted by God. He's the one Amen, who will judge man. the quick Amen. and the living and the dead. So uh, that's who we want to be accepted by. Folks, You've been listening to Ask the Preacher. My name is John Freedom, the pastor at Believers Fellowship Church. Visit us online, believersfellowship.com, and then come visit us in person. God have mercy on me.